Jesus said that marriage between a man and a woman is sacred. He said that the two shall become one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are reading through the Bible. And today, in about three minutes, we cover Matthew chapter 19. This, this is absolutely stunning today because marriage is not seen that way at all in the world anymore. But in the Bible, it's true. Corey? We are talking Matthew chapter 21 and the cleansing of the temple. Why did Jesus do it? We're going to find out. Ryan? All right. So a lot of people claim that the Gospels are in conflict with each other. But is this really true? Today, we look at one of these supposed inconsistencies between Matthew chapter 20 and Mark chapter 10. Very interesting day today. Uh, they're coming up in about 15 minutes. Janice? Today, I want to talk about following Jesus. All right. So we're going to talk about all of this. It's going to be a very interesting day. Open up the Bible and let's study. Matthew 19, 1 through 12. Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, Whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, All cannot accept this saying but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 19, 20, and 21. This is great going through the book of Matthew. It is awesome. You know, in 2001, many things happened that changed the course of history. The Twin Towers were destroyed in New York City by enemies of the free world. You remember that? But there was something else happening throughout the United States. 
that radically changed society. Marriages were under attack. The social foundation of marriage was hampered for about 30 years before it took a dark turn in 2000. 20 years later, in 2023, more than half of the population in Canada and almost half of the population in the United States no longer choose to get married. With that, taxes had to shift and change, and therefore the economy shifted and changed. We now live in a radically different world than we did back in 1975. Why the radical chains? Because marriage became a civil institution, not a spiritual divine institution. They removed God. And without God, marriage is mute. The true meaning of marriage is found in the word of God. It's in the word of God. It's in the Bible. God is the one who defined it. God is the one who spoke about a man and a woman becoming one. He created them for each other. They were created for each other. He created the man and took woman from the man. And that's the way it is. That's the reality. Take your Bible guide and turn to it because this is what Jesus Christ talks about today. As we go through the Bible, I want to tell you that you can take your Bible guide. And if you don't have a Bible guide, call us or write to us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and we'll, we'll send you one. And it takes you to a donate page. Thank you for your donation. But you can get it exactly how we printed the material. And uh, this is important uh, because we need to read the most important book of all, which is the Bible. That's important. But you know what else is important is for us to understand it. For us to not make our ideas about it before we read it, but to read it and allow the Holy Spirit to change our hearts. And so, Father, I pray today as we talk about marriage, there's a lot of people who are in different states right now. A lot of people who it's going to be hard to communicate anything because they're just in emotional states over broken marriages and all kinds of things. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to them. And speak through us, Lord, and, and help us, Lord, speak to us today. As we look at what Jesus Christ said, we are not afraid to read the Bible or to make it public. And so we will make it public now. And thank you, Father, for helping us to do that in Jesus' wonderful name. And we said together, amen and amen. Making public what Jesus said is very important. Now, here is what it says in Matthew 19, verses 1 through 6. Watch this. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee and he came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. Well, the Pharisees, the separated ones, also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful? For a man to divorce his wife for any reason. Verse 4. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Male and female. And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. 
So then, they are no longer two, but one. So then they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Words of Jesus. Jesus said that marriage between a man and a woman is becoming one. Marriage is not about how we feel, which changes daily, but it's about God's truth. It's about his design. Marriage between a man and a woman is not about how we feel or what we want or satisfying any desires. It's about demonstrating what God can do between two human beings that are different, but come together and through the Holy Spirit can make them one. Ultimately, that's what it's about. There's more things that happen in a marriage which are great, but that's what it's about. What did they say? Oh, let's go back to the scripture and find out. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? And Jesus said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, the hardness of your hearts permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Words of Jesus. Jesus said that a divorce, the divorce came from man, not God. Only Jesus is able to heal and transform the hardness of our hearts and souls. Come to him today. You may be recovering from a divorce. You may be in one. I don't know what your situation is. You can recover by coming to Jesus Christ. Come to the Lord today. The next scripture. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, all cannot accept the saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are eunuchs who have been made, who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept it, let it let him accept it. Jesus told his disciples to remain single was a special gift. God promotes the value of marriage, but will also sustain those who remain single to devote themselves to God. Beloved, singleness is a gift. It's a gift from God. If you have not, or in your on in life and you're getting along in years and you wanted to be married, but you have not been able to be married, let me tell you, God is going to help you and will help you and does help you and has helped you. Praise God. We need to understand that. We don't need to rush into marriage and we don't need to treat marriage like an institution of man because it's not. We marry under the, I marry under the authority of the Bible. There's no other authority that I have I can marry under. It's the Bible. I used to marry under the authority of this state or that state or this province or that province. No, I marry under the authority of the word of God because the Bible tells me that. And Father, I pray today that you would help us, heal us, 
and provide hope, Lord, where there seems to be none. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you clap and when you get excited, you are celebrating life. Do you understand that? Jesus Christ gave us life. But he promised that the Holy Spirit would be sent. All right, so today we're exploring an alleged inconsistency between Matthew chapter 20 and Mark chapter 10. And here's the issue. The Gospel of Matthew states that it was the mother of James and John who asked Jesus for a special privilege. Well, the Gospel of Mark says that it was James and John who asked for this honor. So which is it? Are these two Gospels truly in conflict on this event? Let's see if we can find out. Many who are fearful of the implications of the Bible truly being the Word of God have tried to discredit the Holy Scriptures by pointing out alleged errors and inconsistencies within it. Especially criticized are the four Gospels of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many believe that these four accounts are in great conflict. One such supposed conflict is found between Matthew 20 and Mark 10. In Matthew 20, 20-21 we read, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. However, in Mark 10, 35-37 it says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. So while Matthew records that it was James and John's mother who asked Jesus this question, Mark records that it was James and John themselves who asked. Well, on the surface, these seem to be contradictory accounts. There are actually a couple of simple solutions to this conundrum. One possibility is that Matthew and Mark were speaking of two separate occasions. It could be that James and John asked Jesus for this honor first, but after being denied, went and told their mother. She in turn then could have asked Jesus herself, thinking perhaps that he would listen to her. Another possibility is that both Gospels are referring to the same event, however are simply focusing on different individuals, meaning James and John came with their mother and asked Jesus this question together. This option is more likely since the discussion between Jesus and the brothers is virtually identical in both Gospels. From this we can see that these two accounts are in no way conflicting. So we can see here that there's absolutely no conflict between these two accounts because James, John, and their mother likely all came to Jesus together to ask for this honor. But while Matthew focuses on the mother, Mark focuses on the two brothers. And this is probably because Mark was focusing on the audacity of James and John and even asking this question. And yep, the rest of the disciples were pretty annoyed with James and John. I can't say that I blame them. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I, I, I can understand that. And it's really interesting because as you, as you look at it, it, it becomes uh, uh, an interesting study. It's not just Peter uh, that we focus on, but it's these other guys. And they are like us. People yeah, they're like human us. beings. That's right. Absolutely. Okay, Corey. All right. So I want to focus on Matthew chapter 21, uh, specifically verses 
12, and 13. And Matthew gives us a really brief description of when Jesus cleansed the temple. So let me read it to you because it's just two verses. Here we go. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Now, it's very clear there that the people are doing something wrong, right? And, and, and it has something to do with ill-gotten gain because Jesus refers to the temple now as a den of robbers, a place where, and you know, the, the roads in the ancient world were frequented by robbers. We see this even in the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? This was an apt thing to say, like you could say this, you could talk about someone being beaten up and left for dead uh, on a road between two cities because it happened. And so the, the, the robbers would have a place where they would go so as to not be hunted down by people uh, looking for vengeance or, or looking for them, right? So this is a, not a good thing that's going on in the temple. But is it the actual selling of sacrifices? And I think the biblical answer to that is no, not necessarily. And here's what I mean. Not everyone, if you think about it logically, not everyone raised animals in the ancient world. Not everyone raised animals today. So they're, they're for, for, for sacrifices and for offerings, sometimes it would require the purchase of an animal for sacrifice. And, and precedence for this is found in the scriptures, which is why it was probably being allowed in the temple courts in the first place. If you flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 24 and 26 is talking about tithing, specifically tithing in the temple and how people were supposed to take their tithe once a year and go to Jerusalem or go to the place where God would put his name, right? Which became Jerusalem in the temple. And they were supposed to have a fellowship offering and fellowship feast with God. But here's what verse 24 says. And if the way is too long for you so that you are not able to carry the tithe when the Lord your God blesses you because the place is too far from you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there, then you shall turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and go to the place that the Lord your God chooses and spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves. And you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. So there is scriptural precedence for the idea of being able to buy um, um, animals for offering and sacrifice that were still blemished and were unblemished and were still of high quality. So what's going on here? Well, likely there's two things going on here. Perhaps charging exorbitant prices for these tithes and offerings, making it a more difficult thing, edging certain people out of being able to give tithes and offerings, but definitely for conducting this business in the courts of the temple. Outside of the temple, no problem. Inside the temple, these money changers uh, and, and, and offering sellers were taking up space that was supposed to be used for Gentile converts. You know, the, 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 the faithful among the Gentiles who could come and pray for pray before God, they, they were supposed to have a space to do that, but their space was being taken up by this, making therefore what Jesus said, not a house of prayer, which the temple was supposed to be, but a den of robbers. So 
food for thought today as we continue. Mm. Yeah, very, very interesting. And of course, you know, we, the the question is, and you look in the Gospels, how many times did Jesus go to the temple? Right. Because did he go just once or twice or no? He went, it seems, several times. Yes to the temple and the gospels seem to record just a couple of these times. Yeah, where he cleanses it. So like yeah. Matthew mm -hmm. Matthew records it once and the gospel of John records it twice if memory serves. Yeah, it's very interesting to or, see. Or it's at different times. So I think yeah. Matthew records it at the That's end right. of Jesus's ministry and John records it at the beginning. That's right, because so. I'm going to be doing a segment on that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but the yeah, important point there is that they they record specific times when he went, but he probably went more times. Right. So you're saying right. like he 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 chose to cleanse on certain like exactly. to drive out they were him to leave. Totally exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I was going to say that if you like I do, I love to sit here and listen to the segments that you do. Um, if you are like me and you like to listen to their segments, we are inviting you to an in-person seminar for a day that we're going to be holding in Brampton, Ontario at Faith Gospel Tabernacle. And uh, so if you're living in Ontario or you're close by in Ontario and you want to come to this in-person event, we're going to be, we're going to be studying in the book of John mm -hmm. at that time in October. So we are going to take some teaching time each one of us here and we're going to I think it's about a half an hour to 40 minutes that we're each going to take some yeah, time but a half hour session yeah but half us. hour session yeah. from 1 till 5 30 that day and then in between we'll have time uh for for visiting and yeah. for having coffee and maybe a little snack or two and so if that's something that you're interested in we'd love to be able to meet you in person and uh we need you to register though it's it's there's no charge it's a free event but we need to know who's coming so that we can prepare it's yeah. like inviting you to our house. We just need to know how many are coming so that we can be prepared. Uh, BibleDiscoveryTV.com uh, forward slash register is where you can find the information online or you can give our Canadian office a call. I think there's a slide as I'm talking here that has all the information and we'd love to meet you. All right, now my segment, Following Jesus. You know, <clears throat> we're taking a look at uh, chapter 19 of Matthew 19. And my first statement that I've written to myself here is to follow Jesus is not always an easy thing. Jesus himself told us that narrow is the road to life and broad is the road leading to death. Now, we see here Jesus counseling this rich young ruler. Um, and that is Matthew 19, starting at verse 18. And um, he comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And so this young man says to Jesus, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this young man said to Jesus, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And verse 22 says, But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. 
this was a tough thing for this young man to hear. And he walked away. We don't hear if he ever came back. It, and it's kind of a tragic ending, but many of us do the same thing. We get to a place and we, we turn away. It's too hard for us. Jesus says to his disciples, assuredly, I say to you, that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about all of these different things in our lives that are difficult for us. And when his disciples heard it, they, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? I would say too, who then can be saved? Because each of us have these things in our life that are difficult. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. He knew it. We know it. But with God, all things are possible. I want to challenge us today. The road is narrow. Many are chosen, but we're many what are called many are called thank you but few are chosen we need to when we are confronted in the word of god and there is something in there that strikes us that we know we've been carrying that this young man truly came seeking god but this was too hard for him for us for you and me there are things that are too difficult for us to give up but we're not alone when we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we seek after him, and, and we keep our hearts moldable. We don't have that stubbornness inside of us, or that we're going to change what we think the Bible says to fit what we think. When we come to God and we truly want to follow him, he will help us to make those changes. His word, when we put it into our minds and get it into our hearts, then it becomes like breathing to us. It becomes easier. He helps us. We are not alone in this walk with the Lord and that narrow path that leads to God. He will help us on that pathway, not to turn to the left or to the right, but go forward through Him. October 21 is a great day. We're going to be live at Faith Gospel Tabernacle in Brampton, Ontario, Canada from 1 till 5.30. Love to meet you. We're going to be speaking there. Ryan, Corey, myself, and Janice. And we'd love to meet you. Why not join us? Make plans to join us if you can October 21st in the afternoon. Father, today we pray that regardless of our marital status, and regardless of where we're at, help us to serve you. We come to you. Teach us your way and show us your path. 